All right, this is our commissioning service. I, I look at it as for now at this time for uh, Brother Teeson to commission him and his family uh, to uh, this new ministry, this new phase in their life, new mission that God has called them to. And when you think of this text of Scripture and the, the theme of our conference being sent, okay, and so when you think of sending, sometimes in your life you would probably think, there's some people I would like to send. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> I know as a pastor, there's been a few times I'm saying, dear Jesus, if you choose to call this person. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> and uh, right, we, we, we think of that, that it would be a blessing sometimes. Uh, for this person to be sent or that person to be sent or, you know, God move this person on and, uh, those kind of things. But, uh, God doesn't work that way. Amen. And, uh, many times if we're hoping somebody's sent, it's probably for a reason, right? Uh, uh, that they're not living right or doing right or they cause problems. And so you're hoping they move on. And so, uh, God's not going to come looking for those people. Right? That's not the kind of people he wants to use uh, in his ministry. But let's look here. Acts chapter 13, verse number 1 says, Now we're in the church that was in Antioch, certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas, Simeon, that was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, and Manion, which had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted, and the Holy Ghost said, Separate me. Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. The type of church that God is looking for to send people into the harvest, we see some characteristics of that here. We see ascending church, first of all, as a serving church. It says in verse number 2, this was a church that said in verse 2 that they ministered to the Lord. So it's looking for a church that's ministering, that is serving, that is doing the things that uh, is normal Christianity. Amen? And, uh, you know, like tonight when I saw the young people up here, I, I didn't even know there's this many young people in the church. right? When you're scattered about, it doesn't look that many. And then all of a sudden you put them up, wow! All right? Uh, you know, uh, our church in Toledo, we couldn't have had that many young people up here singing. All right? And uh, uh, you see the young people. You see the choir. You see Daniel playing that piano. I was thinking this morning, uh, I'm going to preach like he uh, plays the piano. Amen? I, all I need is four dowels and five china plates. So I... All right, but, uh, uh, you know, just, just that excitement, that enthusiasm. But, and then you hear this morning of the, the men going out on the sidewalk and just giving out gospel literature to everybody who comes by. Let them know about this church. And, and, and one person actually got to share the gospel and see somebody come to know Christ as their Savior. See, they're serving. Now, sometimes we look at serving as a burden. Uh, sometimes, you know, uh, uh, even as preachers, we think, man, it's a little cold out there. It's a little hot out there. It's, uh, it, it's, it's raining a little bit. And, you know, we've done this over and over and over and over and over again. And we got out literature and invited people and knocked on doors and did all of those kind of things over and over and over again. And it can be sometimes hard and, and tedious and we sometimes wonder, is there a different way? And uh, sometimes wonder, maybe we should just slow down, cut back a little bit and relax. 
You know, God has given us the church that, uh, that He has given us, but that's not what God wants, and that's not, praise God, what Miss Saga National Baptist Church is doing, amen? Uh, I'm excited to see it's a church of people excited uh, to serve. Not only does it say, though, that they served, but again it says, as they ministered unto the Lord, verse 2, and fasted, the Holy Ghost said. So, we see that it is a Spirit-led church. Notice it says, as they were doing the aforementioned things. Okay, Now, I believe there's a reason for that. Churches that are just sitting back, filling a, a, a pew just because it's your responsibility. You know, it's kind of like what you've always done. You know, you've grown up going to church. And so you come to church, you sit in the pew, and you're thinking, man, uh, I hope the preacher doesn't go overtime. we got to get to the buffet. And, and you just rush out the door as soon as it's over. And every time there's something uh, the church trying to do, you don't want to be involved. You don't care about those things. Uh, those are churches I, I don't see the Spirit of God moving in. Now, now, why is it? Is it because of our good works? Because we are doing the things you're doing, the soul winning, you're, you know, the meeting this morning for the kids to go to camp or to, uh, uh, to the retreat. There you got the ladies' things going on. Uh, I like that one slide that said smack kids. Uh, I think, all right, I didn't think that was allowed in Canada, but, uh, uh, but, uh, but still, you're doing stuff for children's ministry and all that. But, but you know why the Holy Ghost moves in in a church like that? Because when you're serving like that, when you're going constantly, you need the power of God in your life. Amen. And so you're taking time to pray. And you're taking time to make sure you're right with God. And you're asking God to bless your life and your family and your ministry that God has put you in. As a church, corporately, you're praying about those things. And you're asking for the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. And you're asking for the power of Christ, as we talked about on Thursday night, to rest upon this church so that you can do great things for the honor and glory of God. And so as you're praying about those things and you're doing those things, that's where the Holy Spirit can come in and move. And speak to the hearts and lives of individuals. Passage of scripture I use a lot in, in talking about church planting is in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You know, it's the one that says you go to your Jerusalem, your Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. You know, many times when you read your Bible, you just get to a verse like Acts 1 8. We all know it. And you speed read that one, you know, so that way we can get our devotions quicker done, right? And we shouldn't do that, alright? And, uh, uh, the re- there's a reason why God puts Acts 1-8 there and the verses that we know so familiarly. But it's not like you read Acts 1-8 every day. And so when you get to it, take a second to read it. But you know what the verse starts off by saying? But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. See, the reaching of your Jerusalem doesn't happen without the power of the Holy Spirit upon on a church. The reaching of your Judea doesn't happen if this church is not Spirit-led. The, reach, the reaching of Samaria, amen, we'll call that Quebec, amen. All right. <laughs> Hopefully there's no French people here. All right. I have family there. All right. But, uh, and then, you know, the uttermost parts, you think of America and the rest of the world, uh, different nations of the world. 
These things don't happen. Your church can't be used to reach those areas. Unless, as that verse says, the power of the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You're walking in the Spirit. You're being led by the Spirit. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to work through your pastor. And as as God gives him a vision... And as God uh, uh, directs him in, in ways. And, and listen, God gave Pastor Tishan a vision and a direction. And I believe God uses us as we are and our personalities and our backgrounds and our training. And, and Brother Alcock is not going to uh, see uh, and, and be given things by the Holy Spirit exactly like Brother Tishan did. Amen. And uh, we turned over our work there in Toledo and and a new pastor there, and and uh, he's from Kansas City. All right, I've never, I've never been to Kansas City, and uh, but uh, you know God's going to use him in different ways than me. But praise God with the Holy Spirit of God working and guiding and directing, great things can be accomplished. So we see that again, ascending church is a spirit-led church, and then a ascending church is a surrender church. You know, in this passage of scripture. Paul and Barnabas are sent. You know what some people could do when that happens? They could get bitter. They could get angry. Well, now, Lord, again, you know, if you sent so-and-so, we're okay with that. You know, and I think maybe some of our young people, right? You send a young person goes off to college comes back and we got a young man here and let's say he grew up in this church and now he says, God's led me to start a church. We're excited. Amen. He's young. It's natural. Okay for him to move on, right? Or, uh, you know, some of you are not close to moves on. But here's Paul and Barnabas, leaders in that church, and God decides to move them on. You know, as pastors sometimes, we get that way too. It's like, well, you know, uh, I don't mind so-and-so moving on, so-and-so moving on, but this person is so vitally important to this work. What can we, what's going to happen to this work if that person moves on? And we can fight God a little bit in this whole thing of sending. And we try and be God, and we try and be the Holy Spirit, and we try and determine who gets sent, why they get sent, where they get sent. But here the Bible says the Holy Ghost had come upon them and said, take a survey and see who you want to get rid of. No, that's not what it says, all right? It it doesn't say that. Uh, Take a survey and see who you're willing to accept. If I call them, that you'd be willing to accept for them to leave. No, he comes to that church and he says, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. The Holy Spirit of God moved. And the Holy Spirit of God chose. And the church surrendered and accepted the will of God. Amen. And, and get, listen, I get it. I, I understand. That's, it's a difficult thing. I remember when we were in pastoring in Toledo and God was working on my heart to leave and to go into this ministry. Your pastor is one of the ones I called. I called several men and I was expecting all of them to tell me, you need to stay where you are. And none of them were right with God. And they all told me, yeah, yeah, we think you're good. <laughs> so, but I tell you, it was the hardest decision of my life. I, I love the church. I love the people. Our family was there. And I know your pastor didn't just do a cartwheel and say, woohoo, I'm out of here. You know, it's, it's a, it is a soul-searching time. But when the Spirit of God moves on a church, 
to send someone, the church needs to surrender and accept the will of God. Amen? And uh, as a church, we're not just talking about Brother Teeson here tonight and his family, but as God calls people of this church to go and and leads for people to go and maybe someday start another church in the GTA or uh, maybe leave and uh, be a foreign missionary, wherever God calls them to go, that this church is willing to surrender to the will of God and say, yes, God, we understand. We see the call of you on their life and we understand and accept your will. But we see now that the... Uh, the mission of the church now is mobilized. But when we see here the commission of the church in verse number 3, when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. A church that is not, a, is not sending disciples out into the world is not fulfilling the Great Commission. You know, a lot of times we get the picture of the Great Commission as this. We are to see people saved. We are to see people baptized and taught to observe all things. And so this church has a soul winning ministry and you see people saved. And when they get saved, what do you do? Take them home to your bathtub and baptize them? No. You bring them to church. So you bring them to church. Why? So that they can be baptized and become a member of MIBC. And then once they become a member of MIBC, they start discipling. And hallelujah, you fulfill the Great Commission. Read that passage again. It says you, as a church, are commissioned by God to do that throughout the world. So you've not fulfilled the Great Commission by seeing somebody saved here, and baptized here, and discipled here. We need to be seeing that in other parts of Toronto and Canada and, and around the world. And this church is responsible to do that. And that's why God sometimes will come along to a church like this that has a love for God and a heart for God and and has had a pastor who has taught you the Word of God and has fed you the Word of God and has encouraged young people to give their hearts and lives to God and to surrender. And that's the kind of breeding ground that God, the Holy Spirit, just comes along and says, yes, I want that young person. Yes, I want that young lady to go off to Bible college and find herself a, a young man that's going to serve uh, serve me faithfully and, and, and for them to get married so that they can serve God together. This is the kind of place that God would come and do that and to send them out so that the Great Commission can be fulfilled. Not just see people saved here, baptized and disciple, taught to observe all things, but then to go out and do the same thing in other parts of, of Toronto, Canada, and the world. Amen? And doing those things. And what ends up happening because of that? Well, the mission then becomes multiplied. You know, some of you know MIBC and you know what you see here. Uh, most of you probably have been here long enough to know Brother Stan Camps. Brother Stan Camps was here and God called him and he's now a missionary in Holland doing a great ministry there in the, in the, the country of Holland. And God multiplied MIBC by sending somebody out. Many of you know Brother Bruce Cook. Brother Bruce, Bruce Cook has left here and since then has started two works and is now starting a third work and is multiplying the ministry here of MIBC. And you've had young people go out to Bible college and, and uh, uh, train for ministry and so forth. And uh, down the road, who knows how many times this ministry is going to be multiplied. How many times this ministry is going to grow? How many times 
This ministry is going to keep going out and reaching new people and starting new churches and, and seeing the cause of Christ go forward. And now this evening, you're sending out another dear member of this church, sending out Brother Tyson and his family, and you're just multiplying the work that God has established here in Mississauga. And he's going to be going out. And he's going to be encouraging pastors. Uh, you know, one thing is, as a pastor, you focus on your people. And as I've only been out eight months, I've seen the blessing of being a little older in the ministry. It's funny. You know, you, these guys in their 30s, they're calling me and saying, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I'm thinking, what are they calling me for? You're supposed to call somebody who's old. And then all of a sudden I realized, huh, maybe they think I'm old. All right. But, uh, uh, but you know, it's been a huge blessing to be able to minister to pastors and encourage them and, and strengthen them, to go into their churches and talk to them about church planting. And, and several of those churches already have committed, made commitments since I've been there. And again, it's not me, but God, God working through our ministry that they now want to plant a church and see it multiplied. And so as God sends people out and sends Brother Tyson out and his family out and they go out and they're encouraging churches to do what's happening right here at MIBC, MIBC's ministry is being multiplied around the world and helping you to fulfill the Great Commission. It is a sad time. It is a difficult time. I said to Brother Jason, I said, how does it feel to be a guest in your own pulpit? Because I recently had to do the same thing. When the first time I got back to Toledo, it's, it's a different feeling to be the guest speaker in, in what was your pulpit. And... Uh, but that's what it's all about, amen? Yeah. You, know, we, you know, like I said at the beginning, who would you choose to send? Most of you probably would not have chosen Brother Tyson to send. But the Holy Spirit of God came. Be thankful that you have a church, that you're part of a church, that God comes in and says, Separate unto me, Brother and Mrs. Tyson, for the work that I've called them to do. And that you're willing to surrender. And you're willing to go forward. Because you know one thing I, I love about this church, what I'm hearing about this church is that you didn't follow a man, you're following the Lord Jesus Christ. And as he moves on and you have a new pastor now, still the same Lord, still the same word. And this work can go on and do great things for the honor and glory of Christ. May God bless this church as you send Brother Tyson. But as you continue until Jesus Christ comes... To send and send and send and fulfill the great commission that God has given to this church. Let's pray.